Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Wildly Capable. I am your host, Leah Brecker, and here's where we will be diving in on all life matters from everything good, everything scary, and everything in between. So get ready as I share with you Super Vulnerability Hour, and I look forward to having you with me. everybody. Thank you so much for um, being back with me. I know it's been a little while, but here we are. Um, the last thing that I wrote was comfort in Isaiah. And that had been something that gave me comfort, and I hope it gave you comfort too. I believe that it has. Um, I know some people have reached out, and that always touches me. And so, let's hop on into this episode. Um, I am thankful for, right? Because we have to start our three things we are thankful for. I am thankful for connection. I am thankful for being able to go on road trips with my family and have us not completely scream at each other the entire time. That one's very specific, but that's good. And the third one I am thankful for is, I'm thankful for expression. I'm so thankful for expression. We can express who we are, how we feel, and some people might not really take to that, And some people might love it, but it's beautiful when we get to do it. So that is what I'm thankful for. Now it is your turn. Before I go in uh, to this episode, this is just a rambling of love, I guess, is what I've labeled this. And uh, it's kind of like a podcast dump. A few weeks ago, I got a really bad call uh, that my grandmother was dying. And in my mind, it had taken, um, it, it was hard, but it wasn't too hard. And the reason I say that is because, well, last summer, actually, exactly a year ago, to the day I was up in Boston, um, I went to go visit her. And I thought that was the last time I was going to see her, so I had already said my goodbyes then. It's like I knew. It's like I knew. And so I had already grieved and, and had done that. And don't get me wrong, I'm still very upset about losing my grandmother. But um, not... I, I had already grieved and said goodbye and I'm still grieving it's coming up again because now she's really really not here Um, she had quite a few things happen and it's just it's tragic and it's terrible Um, and then she ended up passing away on August 20th and that's hard Uh, I'm thankful that my parents my mom and her sisters and her brother all got to be there for like two weeks just to be by her side and to 
to be close to her. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very, very thankful. Uh, I'm heartbroken for my mother. Uh, I missed my grandma. I miss her. She is a spitfire and a half. Um, I'm still speaking of her in present tense. Go figure. Uh, I'm recording this and it's only been, you know, eight days after her death. So Uh, these things take time. I had never been to a Catholic service, and this was a Catholic service, and it was just beautiful. I loved the symbolism of it all. I loved the gorgeous church with all the details and complexities that were there, everyone that showed up. Um, I didn't know, but they sprinkle holy water on the casket. They um, do incense so that I think it's like, I forget why, but it you, the smoke rises with their soul or something like that. And, ugh, that just is beautiful. Made my heart so... Uh, it's hard to describe, but it was really beautiful. And when we drove through the... Um, the cemetery. It was just the most gorgeous spot for her to be in. The most gorgeous cemetery I've ever been in, uh, up in, in the Boston area. In Boston, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know, I'm sure I've spoken about it in previous podcasts. That is my happy place. I have so many fond memories. So the mountains with my one set of grandparents and then my Nana up in the Boston area and, oh man, it's gorgeous. On every Christmas, we would drive up there from, you know, Pennsylvania and pack the car full of us. And a bunch of us would go. My aunt would go with her kids. My other aunt would go with her kids. And we'd all cram into her house. And we would do that almost every single Christmas. Um, for That's what I remember my childhood doing. And it would snow and they would drink their eggnog with a whole bunch of SoCo in it. Oh, my goodness. These people would drink you under the table. And we'd go to Christmas tree shop and uh, we'd go to the beach. Uh, There was a beach that they lived nearby, literally 10 minutes away from their home. And you could walk on the seawall and you could see the skyline of Boston in the background. And it it, it was beautiful. It was breathtaking. It was my favorite place. I love all the accents and just stunning. After uh, we got done lunch and went to the cemetery uh when that was all done we went to the beach near my uncle's house and it's just all rocks it's all these gorgeous rocks there's no sand on the beach and you would hear the water crashing over the rocks and you could hear it and it kind of sounded like rice krispie treats (laughs) the crackling of the rocks hitting against each other with the water And it was just so peaceful. And we saw a sea lion pop its head up. And it was just myself and my immediate family that was there. And we just got to walk along the beach. And oh, look at that rock. Look at it's green. Oh, this one, when it gets red, gets wet, look at how 
it sparkles. It's so white. And then when it dries, it turns gray. And oh, look at this one. It has sparkles in it. This one's red. And, and look at this shape. This one's shaped like a worry stone. This one could be a doorstop. It was just really beautiful. We all got to be there together. And I just looked up in the sky and just thanked my Nana. It's because of her I have those fond memories. It's because of her I have my mother. It's because of her I got to go to Boston. It's because of her I know so much more. And I also know what it's like to love someone else's babies. Uh, so my Nana, she was a foster mom. So she had four babies of her own, uh, three biological and, and one was adopted. And the one was adopted through that foster. And she fostered so many babies. My mom has this scrapbook. They kept all the pictures and they would have the picture of the baby, their name when they came in, and uh, their favorite things to do and how long they were there for. And I just thought that was so cool. That is so freaking cool and so beautiful. And that instilled a love in my mom to care for other people's babies. And it just opens up their hearts to just love and care for others. And, and it just proves that we're a tribe. We all have to raise each other together. Um, and I think of my mom and my aunts and my uncle, and they all do something where they care and take care of people. And it's not lost on me that it's because of my Nana I kind of started that that instilled that in them. And now it's instilled in me. So that, pardon me for getting emotional. Ugh, it's, grief is weird. I didn't think I would cry about this. But I guess so. Anyway, that was not my my writing dump that I just do 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 wrote away. I uh, just wanted to update you all and, and share that with you. Just a little personal history of, of me and my family. And uh, if you could keep us in your thoughts and prayers, because having uh, a funeral during COVID is very, very hard. Uh, we still managed to do it, but the hoops, man, we had to jump through. Ugh, I got a COVID test. Oh, that was uh, horrific. Ugh, I mean, I was negative, obviously, but I got it done Saturday morning and I had my flight booked on Monday night. And I'm like, listen, I do not have five to 10 days to get my results back. My flight is booked. I'm booked and busy. Uh, I got my results back Sunday night. So it was perfect timing. It was Perfect timing. Everything. Absolutely everything. It, the, the other things has, had happened um, the day I found out that she died. I was actually out to dinner with a friend watching the sunset set over the water at the beach. And I hadn't gone to the beach all summer. And God knows exactly where you need to be. And I grew up going to the beach with that Nana. That's what we did. And she loved the beach. 
love Florida, love tropical weather. Oh my gosh, it's her favorite. And that's where I needed to be. There were some other things that happened while I was actually up in Boston. Uh, and one of the things I shared with you all was that it was exactly a year ago that a time hop popped up saying, exactly a year ago you were in Boston with this picture. And I'm like, yo, yo, that is, nothing is coincidence. Nothing, everything works together. It was such a, it was like, Someone had just pushed me off a ledge. It was that obvious that I was like, whoa, this is happening. We are doing it and we're, it's, it's here. I can't stop this fall. It is so obvious that it all works together. So yeah, all works together. So the first half is speaking about my Nana and her life. what she would do, what she was like, and the love that she had for others. <laughs> and so I, I bring that up to, I've recently come back from Boston and felt the need to record and uh, in my little writing dump sheet, I, I talk about my grandmother dying. So if that gives you any context, there you are. So here we go. I haven't reread this since I wrote this uh, about three weeks ago. So bear with me on this. <laughs> Sitting and writing, in this case, typing. My fingers hit the keys and they start flying. A different way to prep for a podcast or maybe a chapter in my book, but here we are. Whenever I write, I feel alive and I can get everything out all the feelings and words and thoughts that are trapped have a place to go and the unraveling of the tangled mess that is being human gets put into organized lines and words. The slipping of words out of my mind slowly starts to uncloud the real Leah. As if it's once these words get onto a page, I can be more myself. I have more confidence and security in who I am. Not in the doing, but in the being. I can finally be still and when I go out for coffee or meet a friend for a walk, I can be fully present and fully me and not feel like I'm, I'm missing something or I have to try to figure it out. I don't know what I'm trying to figure out exactly, but it's something. Living it up. These words echo through my mind. It's funny how you can be a very healthy person who has a job during a pandemic and maintain close friendships and lose 12 pounds and still struggle with depression. Yeah, it feels really selfish, you know? I feel like I'm not living it up, as my Nana said. She's laying in a hospital bed dying. While I'm slightly irritated, I have a headache again for the fourth time this week. Yeah, feels really selfish, you know? No more, I'm done. I took back control. Some people think that you don't need meds and it can all be healed by Jesus. I'm rolling my eyes here. Okay, fine. If Jesus can heal depression and suicidal thoughts, he can heal allergies too, but you don't see people talking badly about people popping Claritin every day. Don't judge me. Leave me and my mental challenges to my therapist and psychiatrist. Both are invaluable. If it keeps someone from wanting to jump off of, br off of a bridge, shouldn't we be happy about that? 
Why this judgment and stigma? Get over yourself. Lead with love. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying my damnedest to lead with love. It's hard when symptoms of depression emerge into spirals of negative self-talk and which then it turns and makes you critical of others. Why don't they get it? Why can't they think like me? Yikes, Lee. Get over yourself. I'm going to try and live it up. The best I can during this time anyway. I'll write more, paint more, read more, create more, give and create. It feels good. Sitting in front of a screen consuming Netflix all night is not what contributing to society is going to do any good for anyway. It's not helping. It's selfish in a sense. I'm trying to think, what would Nana do? My therapist asked me how I would describe her in one word. Independent. She raised four kids on her own, got her associate's degree, worked at a university. Once she retired, she traveled the world with her girlfriends. She never remarried. This way, she didn't have to be tied down and could live it up whenever she wanted to. If a friend told her, come over, she'd hop in her car and be off to Rhode Island. She is so inspiring, always on the go, always doing something fun. I don't know why when I think of older single people, I get sad. She was the furthest thing from sad. If anything, shouldn't that give me hope? I mean, I literally grew up seeing how awesome it was to be single. Why do I desire to be married and have a family so much? Maybe it's the whole grass is greener thing, but it's not. When things get bad, I want that person who is there for me. I want them to help mold and shape humans with to be better humans. Isn't that exciting? I wanted to make my grandmother a great-grandmother. Lord knows she was old enough, 88. Now I feel bad. Sometimes the meds make it harder to cry as easily, but I'm okay with that. And there was my quote-unquote loving, rambled brain dump. Makes no sense in all the sense all at once. like a diary entry, a page of a book, start of a chapter. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm a little bit odd, but maybe it'll make a lot of sense to you. Maybe you can feel that with me, feel the different things, or you've been in that, that season of your life, right? Uh, so... Before I I go, I want to ask you a question. Is how would you describe you in one word? Really think about that. How would you describe you in one word? Now, would it be independent? Would it be empathetic? Would it be caring? Would it be kind? Would it be fun? Would it be funny? Would it be adventurous? Would it be selfish? Would it be critical? Would it be, uh, I don't, I don't know. But let's, let's stop and reflect. Are you living it up? As my Nana says. 
if there's one word that could describe you, are you fully showing up as that one word you would want to describe yourself as? Are you living it up? All right, people, my people. Thank you for your time and your ears and your heart. And here's your reminder that you are wildly capable.